0: Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. I want to preach the subject this morning God strengthens those who wait. God strengthens those who wait. As you remain seated, reading to you from Isaiah. Chapter number 40, begin reading at verse number 28 to 31. The word says, Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable, He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Can you say amen to the word? Praise God. On over to the New Testament, Luke chapter number 8. Begin reading at verse number 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Let me hear you say "Waiting." waiting. Waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years old, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitude thronged him. and now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from all, or excuse me, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately the flow of her blood stopped. On down to verse number 49. But while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe. She will be made well. And when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John. And the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside and took her by the hand and called, saying, little girl, arise. And then her spirit returned. She arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. God strengthens those who wait. Father, I pray, man, for somebody that has a weary heart this morning, that they would walk out of here strong. I pray, Lord, for somebody that feels like quitting and giving up. I pray today, man, you would strengthen their mind and their soul. I ask you, Father, amen, for something special to come to uplift us in this time, we pray. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. And everybody said, amen. Waiting on the Lord. That's a biblical phrase, and if you're not careful, you can misinterpret that. I define waiting upon the Lord biblically as simply having patience, trust, and having loyalty to God's will, God's way, and His timing. Waiting on the Lord is just simply having patience, trust, and loyalty to God's will, His way. And his timing. And the Bible teaches that if you wait on the Lord in this manner, you will receive his strength. That is God's supernatural determination, his supernatural force, and his supernatural momentum to live a life according to God's purpose. One of the tactics of the enemy is to weaken the saints of the living God. Sometimes he comes to destroy our faith but that don't always work especially in the Pentecostal church because of all of the things we have seen it is undeniable that God heals God works miracles and he does wonders in our midst if you believe that can you clap your hands unto the lord I've seen God too much to say that he can't do it like we have sung I've seen God hey man restore families I've seen God heal cancers, hallelujah. I've seen God restore people in their right mind. When you have faith in Jesus and the power of his name, it really doesn't matter where you come from or where you might be going. Anybody who has faith in his name, it works, hallelujah. And I don't think the devil is out to attack us of our faith in this generation. Sometimes he tempts us by making us believe that God doesn't care or God doesn't love. Or God is not gracious. I don't think that's our temptation of this day. Because I was talking to somebody earlier today. They said, you know what? I've had a good week. And I said, why? They said, you know what? I feel forgiven. There's been a lot of things in my life and a lot of shame in my past that I have not forgiven myself. Never thought God forgave me. But this week... Something just lifted off of me, and I walked in here today feeling at peace with God. I feel forgiven. I feel like God loves me. I've got a future. I've got a chance. Amen. Because God does love and He does forgive. Can you say, Praise the Lord? But the temptation of this day is to weaken the spirits, the hearts of this world, and God's people. It's one of the things that the prophet Daniel saw in the future when Antichrist comes. The man of sin, the beast, it says that he will weaken the nations. He will weaken the empires. And he will do so through pestilence. He will do so with war. He will do so with rumors of war. And yes, he will do it with rumors of famine. You want to know how to get weak on the inside really quick? Bad news. Bad news. You want to let the air out of the balloon of your heart? Walk outside and see a flat tire in your car. That will weaken you on the inside, right? In Jesus' name, that will not happen to anybody on a rainy day here in this church. That was not a prophecy. Because one time I said that, one of the brothers in the church did get a flat tire. I say that because that is one of my problems in life. You know, some of us, we all have those common reoccurring problems. Some of us, it's just bad hair days. Seven days out of the week, three days out of the week, your hair just will not cooperate with what you want it to do. You know, some of us, it's paper cuts, always getting paper cuts. I can't tell you the last time I had one of those. For me, it's flat tires. If there's a nail out there, Justin's tire is going to find it. That's my problem. But I'm talking to you today about serious problems that are facing this generation. Pestilence. We've been through it. We're going through it. And by God's grace, we're going to get out of it. War and rumors of war happening throughout the earth. Rumors of being on the brink of World War III. And then the rumors of the soon coming famine. You hear these things. The Bible says that people in the end of times, their hearts will even fail them for fear, finding no strength, finding no faith, finding no endurance. And Daniel, when he saw all of these things, the angel of the Lord said that when you begin to see these things on the world, do not worry because the saints of God, the ones that know their God, they will be strong and do exploits. While there is fear in the world, miracles are going to happen in the church. While there is discouragement and depression, there is going to be deliverance in the church. I'm talking to you about a God, amen, that will give you strength in the time of darkness, praise the Lord. You got to have strength. It's a virtue from God. It's supernatural. The psalmist even said that man's allotted days, the days that he will have, will be 70 years. But if he has God's strength or God's reason of strength, he can make it to 80 years of age. One of the components of longevity in this life is having the strength of the Lord. We've got to have it to live. We've got to have it to be saved. We've got to have it to raise our children in this generation. We've got to have God's strength. That's why the devil is trying to discourage. That is why the devil is trying to weaken because he knows that a weak church will not progress. But I felt as we sung it today, and somebody gave me a word in the altar call, that the strength of the Lord has fallen upon the church today. And anybody who will wait on the Lord is going to walk out with it this morning. Hallelujah. God has unending strength. He outlasts everything in creation. He is the very source of life. Of all creation, all wait and depend upon him for strength. It was Samson who looked like a normal man, but because of his consecration and his vow to the Lord, he had supernatural strength to even take down thousands of Philistines. David's mighty men, just normal men, but you read about them in their time of war could take down giants and could take down lions and take down bears. Not normal, but it was through the strength of the Lord. You read about prophets who lived in the wilderness and survived for weeks and weeks and weeks without food and without water, but only going on the strength of the Lord. That, my friends, is not natural, but that is the supernatural strength of the Lord. And they did it because they waited on God. Waiting on God is how you plug into His strength. Jesus said, If you will wait on him, you will have great strength. Isaiah said it, if you wait on the Lord, to backslid in Israel, who had fallen into idolatry, who had given up on God and began to wait upon the idols. Isaiah said, if you will return back to God, the weakness that we feel in our land. He said, I know the enemies are getting strong and the terror of the kingdom of the north is a threat to us. But if you will learn to wait on the Lord, your strength will be renewed and it will come back. He said, your strength will be like a soaring eagle. You'll have wings just like an eagle. I know we don't see them much here in Kansas City, but when you go down to some of the most beautiful places in Missouri, I'm talking about the Lake of the Ozarks. I fished down there with many of you, and I remember one year we went down there, there was a bald eagle that soared over us for all hours of the day. And I remember thinking, is that thing ever going to come down? But you look at eagles, their wings, most of them really don't flap their wings much. They know how to catch the current and just soar effortlessly throughout throughout the land for hours upon hours. God said, if you will wait on me, I will give you strength like that to be able to fly and endure for hours upon hours. That is God's strength. It's moving and going without any of your strength failing. It's keeping on going and persevering without feeling tired at all. That is God's strength. Even in times when you feel like your focus is gone, in times when your future is uncertain, God is saying, don't focus on the problem. Don't focus on the circumstance. Don't worry about it, but if you will learn to just stay in a place of waiting on me, I'll give you an endurance that will last forever. Praise God. I remember when I was a kid in school, they had career day. And uh, I looked around. They didn't have any preacher up there. So I thought, well, my career is shot. You know, that's what I wanted to do. And I looked, and I saw a policeman. So I said, well, if I'm not going to be a preacher, maybe I'll try that. (laughs) And uh, I remember sitting and listening to this policeman talk to us fourth graders about what he does. And he said, does anybody have a question? And I raised my hand I said, I have a question. He said, yes. I said, what's the most important thing that you do? And he said, waiting. He said, you want to be a great police officer someday or anybody in law enforcement, you have to learn how to wait. He said, you don't jump on the scene unless it's right there. But he said, when you are staking out a house, when you're staking out a situation, you've got to learn to wait and watch the bad guy act and then you act. If you can learn to wait, you can be a cop. Hallelujah. <laughs> I thought, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I remember when we first moved to Kansas City, Brother Danny Tinsley took me crappie fishing. First time I've ever been crappie fishing. And I said, what do you do? He said, if you want to be a good fisherman, you got to learn to wait and be patient. I think I lasted about five minutes and Ate all the lunch and drank all the sodas, and that was my fishing trip. Some of you guys that are hunters, you know, you want to get that big buck. You want to get that big turkey, which, by the way, the turkeys are back out there in the field. I've been seeing them. You want to get that trophy? You've got to have patience. You've got to wait. And it's the same way with God. You want the miracle? You want the answer to prayer? You have got to have patience. Patience with the Lord, waiting on him. Having a waiting room is very, very important. Waiting's a part of life. For those of you that travel on planes, you know those airplanes, you gotta wait on them sometimes. It's not fun, it's not pleasant, but it sure does beat having to walk by foot for 800 miles, or having to find a horse and ride that like they did in the old days, or even a long car ride can sometimes be irritating. Sometimes you got to wait on that plane. You're at the mercy of all of those planes. Sometimes in restaurants, your favorite restaurant, you've got to wait to get your table. And yes, even sometimes in a hospital, the person that you love and care for being treated, you have to wait in the waiting room for them. Waiting is usually, it's exhausting sometimes. Sometimes it can be irritating I need an oil change in my car, and I pulled up to the oil change place. I waited for 20 minutes, and I said, I've had enough. I'll deal with it next week. And I'm probably going to have to wait three hours this week for that. Sometimes, guys, you've got to wait on a haircut. Sometimes, ladies, you've got to wait for somebody to come and help you find that special thing in the store. Waiting is a part of life. But I like how the old-timers used to say it in the church. Good things come to those who wait. And I've learned that to be very, very true. If you will wait, something good will happen to you. Before the ministry, I was a waiter in many restaurants, but one for the longest in particular was a place that uh, was famous for their cheesecakes. They made a factory out of it, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, while I was a student at Bible College in St. Louis, I got hired at the brand-new cheesecake restaurant and uh, we were the opening staff and we went through long hours of vigorous training and I'll never forget my manager telling us people when we open the doors they're going to wait in line and wait to get a table for three hours some of them four hours just so you know just so you know that so when they sit down they're going to be hangry you ever heard of that hangry it's a real thing let me tell you and he was not kidding I remember that first night somebody sat down and said, you all need to get it together. I waited four hours for this. It better be good. And I said, well, it'll probably take you about 20 minutes to to cook your entree. How about a cheesecake? I can have it out in 30 seconds. And the wife spoke up and said, I'll have chocolate right here, right now. (laughs) I sold more of those chocolate cheesecakes than anybody in that restaurant. And I don't know how I did it, but I just knew how to spot that lady that was craving that chocolate. I kid you not, sometimes I would sell it as an appetizer and they'd eat it. I remember one night, the wait was really long. And uh, I was going up to people who were waiting and I said, can I get you an appetizer? I'll get you one if you tip me good. And they said, absolutely, we're starving. Bring us out some nachos, bring us out some wings. I did it without asking the manager and he found out what was going on and he came up to me and said, Justin, you can't do that. And I said, why? I'm making you money. He said, they've got to wait like everybody else. I said, all right, that's fine. But I saw people lose their cool. And uh, I saw some strange things happen, even to the point of calling security, because simply people would not wait to get their table. Satan is trying to convince the church that you do not need to wait on God in this day and time waiting can be exhausting it can be frustrating but God is saying that is how you get your strength from me if you will learn to wait on me I know a lot of us have a good war room in our house a lot of us we got a good war room or a good war spot here at this altar call and I like that when the devil comes up spiritual warfare will take care of it every time Sometimes it's not warfare, but just simply resisting the devil, and he will flee from you. I like to have a good prayer room. I like to have a war room. But God is saying to us in this season, you need a good waiting room for him. When your heart is heavy, when you feel like you can't continue on, when you're thinking about quitting, when you're thinking about leaving it all behind, and going back to the life you once lived, God is saying, if you will learn to wait on me, I will give you the strength that you need. Praise the Lord. Back in the 90s, we had a missionary named Roger Buckland. Some of you know him. He came to our church, and we had a powerful missions conference. And after the service, we were out to eat, and he said, Brother Justin, I want to tell you a story. Would you like to hear a missionary story? And I said, yes, I would. I would. He said, another missionary and I were in a foreign country, in a third world country, about to preach a crusade. And the day before, we were in the hotel. The hotel front desk advised us, tomorrow morning, you need to get up early and get on the first bus. Get on that first bus. And they said, why? That's early. We don't need to get up that early. He said, believe me, you want to get on that first bus because it will be less crowded and you will get to your destination quicker. And they said, well, that sounds nice. We'll take the first bus. But the Buckland told me they got up very early and they were getting ready, had their suit and ties on and were ready to walk out the door. And he said, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, take the second bus. And he thought, that's just me thinking. I don't need to worry about that. And he started to get ready, get his suitcase and everything together. And God said it again, take the second bus. But he thought, I can't take the second bus. I've got to get to revival tonight. I've got to get on the first bus. My friend and I can't be late, and we want to get on this first bus. He continued to get his stuff together. Him and his friend were about to leave, and all of a sudden he said, Justin, a spirit of sleepiness come over me. He said I literally almost fell asleep while standing up. And he said, my other missionary friend, all of a sudden the sleepiness came on him too. He could barely stay awake. And they both said, well, maybe we'll just sleep a little bit, and we'll take the second bus. So they slept in that morning and woke up and got to the bus stop in that third world country and got on that second bus. He said it was absolute chaos. He said not only was it full of people, but there were chickens on that bus. There were goats on that bus. And he said, if you can believe it, a cow was on that crowded bus. And he said it was the most miserable, miserable bus ride. They had to go up into the mountains and down in the valleys. And he said, I struggle with car sickness. I didn't want to be on that bus. While I was complaining to God about why didn't I get on the first bus, he said, we came up the hill, up into a high mountain. It came around the corner, and we looked over, and the very first bus that had left very early that morning had fallen off the cliff, and nobody survived that crash at the bottom of that mountain. I know here in our day and time, we want things to happen now. We want it to happen immediately. We like to speed. We like to get there. But has God ever put a rush on any of us for anything? Does God emphasize hurry, 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 hurry? Does God emphasize fast, 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 fast? But in all reality, when it comes to decisions and getting from point A to point B and making things happen, what does God emphasize patience. It emphasizes waiting. It emphasizes don't have your way or your own will, but rather wait on the Lord, call upon him, look to him for your decisions. Trust him with everything in your life. I've come to tell you, if you will wait on the Lord, he'll give you long life. He'll give you answers. He will bless you. He will provide for you He will take care of you. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. I feel like some of you are getting it finally. You've been wondering, why hasn't God been answering my prayers? It's because you've had a waiting problem. You pray and think, it doesn't happen now. I'm not going to wait around anymore for that. It's not worth the wait. It's like going into a restaurant like I was talking about, and they say the wait is 30 minutes, and you're like, I'm not waiting. I'm going to McDonald's. And some of us have done that with God. God hasn't worked it out when we've wanted it to happen. He hasn't done it exactly the way that we thought it should happen. But God is saying, don't walk out on me and go to another. Don't give up on me and go try something else. But he is saying, if you will wait on how I want to do it and when I want to do it, I'll give you the strength that you need. Praise the Lord. you start saying I can't and you feel exhausted and unproductive you're losing your strength inside of your heart we've got to wait on the Lord in this generation I went up to a brother several years ago shook his hand and said it's nice to see you and he said well I'm here I'm here I'm here let me tell you I believe in having discipline and coming to church whether you feel like it or not I believe in that i got to be honest, there's some days I'd rather sleep in and get up here on Sunday morning, but I know if I do that, I'm probably going to miss something. Come on. With that attitude, while I'm here, that's not waiting on God. And it's not going to work. That saying, I've showed up, now let something great happen. I'm here now, God's got to do something for me. Let me tell you what, that's the idea of, God, you wait on me. Let me tell you, God ain't waiting on nobody. But he wants you to wait on him when you come to the house of God. If you got your mind on lunch right now, not waiting on God. You got your mind on all the fun you might have this afternoon, not waiting on God. Some of you that got land and you got four-wheelers and you're thinking about having fun in the mud on your ATV this afternoon, you ain't waiting on God today. You got your mind on the game you're gonna watch. You got your mind on this. You got your mind on that. God is saying the ATV won't give you strength. Your lunch won't give you spiritual strength. The fun you're gonna have is not gonna give you strength. But if you will learn to wait on me in the house of God, oh, you'll have the strength you need. Praise the Lord. This God loves to feel waited on. You know how it is. You show up someday having a bad day. Maybe it was your birthday, and you arrive home, and your wife threw a big old surprise birthday party for you. And you walk in, and all of your friends are there waiting on you. Nothing like that. Being waited on feels so good. Being waited on by people feels so good. God is the same way. I know God is present, I know God is everywhere. And I know sometimes we like to say God showed up and he showed out. God is always here. He's just waiting on somebody to believe in him. He's just waiting on somebody, amen, to have faith in him. That is when he moves. You know what I am talking about when we gather together here as a church and we put aside all of our responsibilities and all of our worries and cares of this life and we say, God, it doesn't matter if I'm healed today or not. I am just here to worship you. I am just here to love you. I am yours. I am here to be used by you. I know you feel God. I mean, I I was the first one to arrive here this morning, early this morning. And I drove up here on the campus. And I know God is everywhere. And you can feel him everywhere. But God knows. And he is ready, amen, and present to do amazing things. And I got to tell you, when I drove up here on this parking lot, it was like a breath of fresh air that just entered my soul, knowing that Sunday has come again. And I get another opportunity to worship. And there is encouragement and uplifting in that. But I'm talking about something deeper, and you know what I'm talking about, and it's just simply the moving of the Holy Ghost. It's like God, amen, I know He's here, He can always see us, but it's like whenever we worship Him, there are just some services, amen, about that second verse or that bridge or that second song we get into. It's like God walks in through the door and He looks at all of us and He said, they've been waiting on me to arrive. They've been anticipating my arrival. Amen. God likes to walk into a church filled with people that are expecting him and desiring him saying, God, it's not my timing. It's not my will. It's not my way, but you are the creator and the maker. You are the author and the finisher of my faith. And I'm ready for whatever you have for me today. I have seen people not get a miracle because they wanted it right there and then. I believe God can do miracles instantaneously. And when it comes to sickness, it is speaking to it as if it's a mountain that's in your way. It is speaking to a valley to come up. And that's how you got to pray against sickness. We don't command God, we command the sickness. When you're battling demons, you're battling evil spirits, you've got to command them to leave. You're not commanding God, you're commanding them to leave in the name of the Lord. But when it comes to sometimes our career and our home life and our family dynamic and the overall setting of your life, let me tell you this, sometimes it doesn't happen immediately when you want it. And I've even told people, you want a miracle, you're just going to have to trust God. God. Meaning God will do it the way he wants it. And most of the time it happens that way because God wants the credit for the miracle. He likes to sometimes wait a little while so that when the miracle does happen, you or nobody else can look and say, that was the works of men. I did it this way, but oh no, God waits for the right moment and the right time and the right circumstance so that it is undeniably sure it was a sign from heaven. It was the workings of God. This is what God did, and this is how he did it, praise the Lord. That's waiting on God. I remember one time going and praying for somebody at a hospital. And I was sitting there in the waiting room, and I kid you not, this person said, I'm tired of waiting. What's taking this doctor so long? And they stood up and walked in there and tried to walk into the ER, and security had to come and bring them out. They couldn't wait any longer, and they got in trouble for it. God is saying, Let him do it, let him work on it. He's God, he's the professional. Don't be weary in waiting, but if you tell God, I'll wait on you, I'll work with you on your time and your way and your manner and your deal and your however you want to have this circumstance work out, that is where the strength of the Lord comes. If you will wait on this Jesus, you will have strength to make it through tomorrow. If you have strength, amen, you can make it through, amen, next week and the month after that. You can go so long on the strength of the Lord, can you clap your hands unto him? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Musicians, and please come. How do you know when God has arrived? Most of us have never seen him. I never have. How do you know when he's arrived? You will begin to see his works. I saw God doing his work on the countenance of many during worship service today. You will feel his presence. I feel it right now. Strength arises within in those moments. When you have the attitude in the heart, I'm not going anywhere until he moves. I will wait. That is when your strength comes. You know, Jesus went across the sea into the land of the Gentiles, a dark territory, cast legions of demons out of a man, And on his way back, the Bible says in Luke 8, that the people of Israel sat there waiting on Jesus to return. All of their work wasn't important at that moment. All of their plans, they weren't important at that moment, but they were just waiting to see Jesus come back on that boat. They loved that Messiah. They were hungry, amen, for the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says when Jesus came back, they thronged upon him, pressed upon him, the people just waiting to see him and to touch him. The Bible says there was a lady there for 12 years, had a horrible issue inside of her body. She had spent all her money on the doctors, been in their waiting rooms for a long time, and nothing could be done. The Bible says that she got on her hands and knees and crawled because she wanted to get a hold of the bottom of the garment of God because the prophet said he would arise with healing in the borders of his garments. And she knew that he is Messiah and the Bible is real. And if I could but just touch the bottom of that garment, the prophecy will be fulfilled and I will be made whole. And she got through and crawled on her hands and knees through all of the mud, all all of the people and got through got a hold of the hem of the garment of God, and she was healed. She had been waiting on God that day. She stood there anticipating. Would have been nice to have walked. Would have been nice for just a path to open up, but she knew that wasn't going to happen. That wasn't going to be how it is. And she didn't care about how it looked. Didn't care about how it felt. She said, I am waiting on God, and if I've got to press my way on the ground to get a hold of the garment, that's how I'm going to do it. He could have had healing and just calling out and in his voice, but oh no, the prophet said, in the wings, and I've got to touch the garment of God. You know, Jairus' daughter had died. Jairus was there waiting on the Lord, waiting for him. But he got delayed in somebody else's miracle, the woman with the issue. And he probably could have easily thought if it wasn't for that woman and God taking time for her, he could have got to my house on time and healed my daughter. But oh no, Jairus didn't have that attitude. Jarius believed the words of Christ when he said, don't worry, don't fret. She is only asleep. It was that type of waiting that raised his daughter from the dead. Your miracle is going to come when you start waiting on the Lord. Your miracle will come if you've got to crawl to get to God. That's how your miracle will come. If it means somebody else getting a miracle before you, that is truly waiting on the Lord, and that's how it's going to come. Can I tell you this from a personal standpoint? I have yet to receive a finishing strong blessing. And I've been given and I've been sacrificing, but i got a word from God, and I'll tell you when it comes to pass. But I remember in the beginning of all of this, new jobs and big this and big that. And I'm sitting there thinking, where's my miracle, God? And almost having my own pity party. And God is saying, I don't care how young of a dad you are. I don't care if you have three young kids. If you will learn to wait on me, I'll give you a miracle that will blow your mind. Praise God. Let's all stand here this morning. I feel like today there is somebody like that woman with the issue of blood. You've been waiting. God is saying it's time to make a move. He's come off the boat and he is here today for you. I feel like somebody. Amen. You're like Jairus. Your kids. You don't know what to do. God is saying if you'll learn to wait on me, I'll touch your child. I'll visit your child. I'll help your child. I feel like somebody today you've thought I've prayed, I have fasted, I've had faith. The one thing that I have been missing is I have not been waiting on God. I've been waiting on myself. I've been waiting on this and that, and I've been trying other things. But I feel like God is pulling on my heart to trust him and wait on him no matter how long it takes because God's way is worth it. And God's miracle is worth the wait. I'll wait 3 seconds. I'll wait 3 minutes. I'll wait 30 minutes. I'll wait three hours. I'll wait 30 years if that's what it takes to get a miracle from God. If you're hungry for it today, if you need it today, I invite you to join me here at the front right now. I feel like God is really speaking to somebody right now. It's not just you. It's not just emotion, but it's God's spirit pulling on you, Say it. You want wings like an eagle? You've got to come and wait on me. You want the strength of heaven? You've got to come and wait on me. Amen. Submit your time to God's time. Submit your way to God's way. Submit your will to God's will. That's how it happens. Hallelujah. If you will learn to wait on God, if you will learn to wait on God, that is where the strength comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, today, right now, perform your works, perform your miracles. Those that are here sick in body, I command the sickness to leave. But if it doesn't leave today, Lord, we're okay with it happening tomorrow or the next week or the next day or whenever it is, Lord. I pray you respond to somebody's waiting heart right now. For somebody, Lord, amen, that's got a serious situation in their personal life. Amen. May their attitude of, Lord, I'll wait on you. Provide the miracle today, I pray in Jesus' name. If you believe it, let out your voice unto the Lord and just say, Lord, I will wait on you. I will wait. I will wait. It doesn't matter when. I will wait. It's worth it. I'm not going to give up, Lord. I will wait. I will always wait on you, God. I will always wait on you. There it is. Oh, I feel your strength now. I feel strength in the heart, Lord, right now, the church. Hallelujah. The world may be on the brink of war. We'll wait on the Lord. Lord, we're going through pestilence. We will wait on the Lord. The rumors of famine are coming. We will wait on the Lord. We will wait on him. We will depend on God. We will look to our creator. Hallelujah. You've got to wait on him. You've got to wait on him. You've got to wait on him. Hallelujah. It is worth it. He is worth the wait. Hallelujah. Strength come now in Jesus' name.